Hello, everybody. You are listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast that helps you get the most out of the Microsoft services you use on all your mobile devices. Today, we're going to be talking about the the Windows Windows Mobile device that we want to use next. We're going to talk about uh, Skype messaging, uh, Windows Media Center for Windows 10, Memorial Day, which is, of course, we are recording on Memorial Day, and oddly enough, we're going to be talking about Google's new logo. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith. I'm joined by my co-host, David V. Kimball. David, good afternoon. Good morning to you, sir, in your neck of the woods. Thanks, Vernon. Good day to you. Uh, really good to be back. It was really fun to hear JJ last week. And you know what? Challenge accepted, JJ. You're not going to hear one peep about being behind schedule this episode. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, last episode we were thrilled to have... Oh, David was skipped out on us, but I'm sure he had a good vacation with his family. That's fair. But we did have JJ Hammond. He was one of the originals on the show. He was able to join us. He's normally quite busy, but we were able to... He took some time out to join us, and that was pretty awesome, actually. It is Memorial Day. No, it's not Memorial Day. It's Labor Day. It's yeah, Labor what's Day. the difference, right? We're, um, we're, we treat, we're we treat both holidays. Yeah, we're <laughs> in memorial of Labor Day. We treat both uh, days very similar here in the U.S., or at least I tend to, especially since I work shift work, and it really doesn't make much of a difference to me. So I'm working tonight at work, no difference than any other, different than any other. Uh, but David, I suppose... Um, you, this is part of your vacation, right? Yeah, it's actually, I'm right in the middle of a two-week vacation. We spent part of it in Victoria, and uh, it was really great because I, I had Joel Rushworth, who has been on the show before, and he reached out to me and said, are you spending time in Victoria? Well, I live there. So he, not, not only did I get to meet him in person, I, someone we've had on the show have been able to meet him in person, but my family got to meet him, and he ended up giving us a tour of Victoria and showing us his favorite places to eat, Mile Zero, an area an area that was filmed in the X-Men movies, and just a bunch of cool little areas that we would have never gone to had he not shown us around. So it was really fun, and um, really, really fun to have my whole family meet. It's, it's funny, my, at one point my mom said... Um, Wow, he really reminds me of you, David, with his enthusiasm and his, his tech stuff. And that made me crack up. I don't think he knows that yet. So if he's listening, this is going to be the first time he, he hears that. That's awesome. Yeah, Joel obviously is a pretty awesome guy. We had him on, I don't know, 10 episodes ago or something like that. Really a great guest and incredibly knowledgeable. Really makes me, really humble, humbleizes me. Makes me pretty humble thinking of how little I know compared to Joel. So. It's, oh, and he's done so much for the Windows Phone community as far as just letting, like, loaning out his devices to folks and, and being really active in Victoria. So he's done a lot of really great stuff, and so big props to, to Joel. And also, I was on a radio show with him that he takes part in a Tech Talk uh, radio show, so that was pretty fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's jump into it here. Uh, um <laughs> Last week we had oh man we got to cover some feedback I forgot about that we will do some feedback um, well one thing Brad Whiteside told us he mentioned to us that where did it go here basically he mentioned about uh, MS uh, what is it Windows Media Player being available on Windows 10 which of course is rather awesome and it's it's funny it's it's mostly awesome in like what would you call it just for um, the principle of the thing, I would imagine. 
But I don't use Windows Media Player anymore. I don't know if you do, David. It's Media Center. It's Media Center, not Player. Media Center. Wow, thank you. This is why uh, you, you should cover this part. Um, well, me, well, the thing about Media Center is that we said this for a long time. It really was the earliest origin of modern UI, or you know what Windows Phone was made on, was technically originated in Media Center, and they went on to Zune, and then went on to Windows Phone, etc. So. So yeah, I think in that sense we have a lot to thank for it. So it's really cool that you can actually get it on Windows 10. Mm-hmm. Have you looked into have you looked into the process of how to get it onto Windows 10? Well, there's a post on WP Central and we'll just go with that because I mean, there go to WP Central, they've got all that stuff and um uh they have a much better job covering that than than we do, of course. So um the other piece of feedback uh, it was a while ago now, but but Rick had mentioned Rick Air. Hope he's listening, or at least he was intending to. And then he got pulled away by his children, I would imagine, as happens with me. He put a blog post up. He thought it might be interesting to us. And David, I guess I'll link you this since I hadn't earlier about basically about companies putting out products that are not released yet, and why? Like, what is wrong? What is wrong with people that they they just can't get it right? And if it's a good thing or a bad thing, uh, I guess David. First of all, let's talk about Google and how they're pretty much always something is always in beta with Google. Do you do you hear that? Do you get that from your Android using people? Is that something that just we recognize? I mean, not just not like we're special, but yeah. I mean, what do you? Right. I think for the most part, people ignore whether or not it's beta, and they're just. For most people, they just see that it's out. For example, nobody cared that Gmail was in beta. The point was they just wanted to be on it and they wanted to be using it. And that goes for almost everything. Like, you'll notice that, you know, it's not like people in India, for example, that didn't have Cortana aren't saying, I want Cortana, but only if it's in beta. Like, they don't care if it's in alpha. They just want Cortana, for example. So I don't think really most people care about what sort of stage it's in. Oh, oh, okay. Be quiet. Way. But but you mean um, basically those people that are aware already aware of it, it aware of its absence or had not being rolled out to them because people right. say for example we roll out something in beta to everyone it's like here we're shoving this down your throats oh yeah it's not ready yet um, and I guess that's not too often the case but but Google seems to be kind of worse at that than some companies mm-hmm. but, but what's funny is. But that's fine because because of people's expectation. They want it now, but they want it to be finished, like quality wise. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's people's expectations, which is completely unrealistic. But I think for the most part people do appreciate an earlier build of something, um, as long as it's sort of workable. Because as soon as it stops working, people will stop using it. That's the the catch twenty two of it all. Mm-hmm. Well, the other side of it too is that you've heard the line shipping is a feature. You just need to get it out there sometimes too. And so is that good? Is that bad? I mean, you want your user base will help you figure out what's wrong with it and help you in the 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 fine-tuning process. Well, they won't really help you with it. They'll just give you a, a list of things to do. But I guess that's kind of the whole point of it, of just getting it out there. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, and th- that brings up a good point, getting it out there. Because... Now, like, in the old days, it was you'd build up a product and release it, and that's the way it was. Well, now there's this expectation where you'll be continually updating it and making changes to the product. 
So really, is a product really not beta anymore? Because I think people used to slap beta onto their product to say, we're still working on it, it's a work in progress. It's almost like you have to put beta on everything now because yeah. the first release of something is never going to be its last release because you're going to continually be updating it and all that. So, I mean, I'm of the imp- I'm under... I, I'm of the opinion that we should just maybe drop beta because it's becoming redundant with every service that's coming out. That's true, but you still need some way to designate, like say Blab, for example. We knew when that was in Blab, and so or when that was in beta, and I guess technically they might say that it still is. It still is. is. That, it's right next but, to the logo. Okay. Okay, and so here's another one. Um, I think it's Instagram. It might still be in beta. Instagram for Windows Phone may be in beta which um or what was the other one something has been in beta for like a year and a half and hasn't had any updates right just ridiculous um maybe i'm wrong about that i thought it was instagram the real instagram um client well the the instagram app for windows phone yes it is still in beta yes which there's i i cannot think of one viable excuse like nothing I'm I'm stretching i'm searching for an excuse that instagram might use that could possibly be sort of you know uh acknowledged or, or you know accepted by even the most gullible of people like is there anything for for what for instagram still being in beta for windows phone it's been like oh. a year and a half well beta just means you don't get mad at us if you have a bad experience because it's in beta and that's just what people do when they yeah. don't really want to work on something yeah, that's unfortunate, I guess. So, um, yeah, I guess the other part of, of being in beta, you know, it does mean that you don't have to be on all platforms in some cases. And I suppose Blab is one, I guess, one example of that. Now, to be fair, most people feel that Chrome runs the world and everything else is inferior. Maybe they acknowledge that Firefox is okay. I mean, that's. And I, I'm very happy with Internet Explorer. I'm slightly less happy with Edge, but um, I am in that minority where it seems like all the techies, whatever that is, all of let's just let's just really go out there and stereotype. Let's just say all of San Francisco or Silicon Valley uses Chrome. Um, th- how do you how do you fight that? How do we wage that battle? Saying what about us that are actually using this? Um, because we are actually supporting their decision to use Firefox, support only Firefox, by us using Firefox for Blab. Well, you massively cut out there audio-wise, wow. so I didn't okay. really get any of that. Um, okay, sorry. Well, basically, we want Blab, for example, to run on uh, Internet Explorer and Edge, but we are enforcing yes. the... F- we're enforcing the requirement for just to be on or you know only supporting supported by firefox and chrome by using firefox and chrome right now um so where's that balance well i think if you're i think here's the thing tech companies want their startup to be used and if they're and they want to keep their users happy so i i would argue that if we're if we were active users we would have more way in as far as being heard and saying hey we should bring it to ms edge then just then just not using the service at all and saying i'm not going to use this until it's on ms edge or i'm not going to use it until it's on ie right because when you're an active participant they can see the value provide and they say hey this person that brings x amount of value 
is is asking for this. Maybe it's something we should consider. So I think we're doing something that's okay by being an active Microsoft presence using Chrome, using Firefox, whatever. We're still being more helpful than we are being unhelpful and just being being complainers, which is actually what JJ was talking about last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's sad, I guess. I mean, Blab is still pretty small as far as I understand. The numbers I've heard is right around like 20,000 users or something like that. A lot of people, tons of people, but still quite a small um, service, just, you know, whatever network. And so how can you and I and Rick Ayer, uh, Rick Bainbridge, and Joel Jackson, and let's see, who else? Maybe, um, let's see, Rawl. I think Rawl doesn't use this. I think Rawl uses Chrome anyway. Who else we want to throw in there? Um, Michael, uh, um, I keep saying his name wrong, Borowski. Uh, say even even of us five, six people, whatever, said, come on, Blab, we want IE or Edge. That's five people out of that 20,000. It would, from a business standpoint, it makes almost no sense for someone to support that. That's like saying, hey, we're going to have a, I don't know, Linux plug-in or something like that hey it works really well we're gonna build a linux app i mean you know i don't don't even know if that exists but um that would be unreasonable i would imagine yeah but see we know about the five these five we don't know about the other five you're not talking about but you don't you don't know about the other five that are talking about or the other five that are talking about so if you just add to that you can become you can become majority even though you think you might be a minority. So that's what I think. I want to give a quick hello to Megan in the chat. Thank you for watching uh, the show live. Um, so do we have a poll for this week by any chance? Um, you cut out there as well. We have a, a what? Poll. poll this week. Maybe we'll think of one by the end of the show. Hmm. Cause I don't have... Do you want to talk about the last, the last week one then? You bet. Last episode, last episode, the poll of the, we talked about six tag or Instagram in general and how they went from a one-to-one posting, you know, an image being one-to-one ratio to supporting uh, larger aspect ratios. Great. And so six tag also supported that six tag for a Windows phone. And my poll that the poll that we shared was which image aspect ratio do you prefer when sharing to social media? I definitely prefer four to three i don't know the one-to-one to me just seems um just not right most people most images either you have a landscape image or you have a portrait where a human is vertical or whatever there's not too often that you truly just have a one-to-one that that is the, the subject is a one-to-one the other side of that is 16 by 9 is what many cameras are default set to which i dislike uh, unless you're always taking landscapes, literally of the land, or you know whatever, um, and so I often change my default to four three on on the phone, and so my 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 choice as to what I prefer, my 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 polling, what do you call it, my vote, went to four three. That's what I prefer when I share to social media. Uh, David, which what do you prefer when you share to social media? I prefer sixteen by nine, um, but. W- Again, what was discussed last week, which was really interesting, is that you actually lose some quality and you lose some, uh, you lose technically Pixels. megapixel count. Yeah. yeah, when you when you go to to sixty by nine as opposed to four by three, which I didn't know. But as far as just form factor and, I just like sixteen by nine because it's 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 the widescreen. It makes me think about the widescreen standard that's 
here now, and I like the consistency. It's really awkward that we're flipping between different ratios. What's funny though, in the, can we talk about the poll results? Because yeah, literally not a single person voted for one by one being their favorite aspect yeah. ratio image. <laughs> that is so uh, telling. Yeah, you have it up there, I imagine. You must. I do. Yeah, um, twenty-two votes. Which, and no <laughs> which one. is my fault for not getting it out very early. Really not promoting it. Typically, we get, I don't know, five, ten times that. But um, still, that's that's out of all those people, none of them said one by one was their favorite one. However, fourteen percent did say whatever the default is set to. So maybe some people just don't care. Mm-hmm. But Do the you- vast majority said sixteen by nine. So you are in the eighteen percent, the four yes. by three percentile. So state your case a little bit more thoroughly than David, as far as why sixteen by nine. You said, you know, it because it is the what did you call it, the default or the standard? The standard. But, mm-hmm. if, but here, here's an example. Go to my wife's Twitter or my 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 wife's Facebook and look at her images posted, and she posts in vertical occasionally. And personally, I think a sixteen by nine vertical looks pretty junky i don't really know why that is it's difficult to say what it is that turns someone off from that what do you think about that david let me tell you why i think 16 by 9 works because that's the way we see the world we actually see it in widescreen we don't see it as a square we don't see it even in 4 by 3 we see it technically our scope is about 16 by 9 and so that was the rationale behind the standard what's great about that is because like for landscapes or just how, literally how we see the world. And then when you flip it up for vertical, that fits people, right? So people are tall. Most people are taller than they are wide. Um, and so <laughs> so it fits. It, it, I think it's a very people-centric uh, aspect ratio because either you're it's, it's um, widescreen or it's, or it's uh, what am I saying, landscape orientation or it's portrait orientation. Those are both very human perspectives. Okay, well that's I get I get that. There's just something that turns me off about that. Seeing that in portrait just looks quite. I feel kind of odd, I suppose. But I choose four sure. three for one. It's still four three still fits into Instagram even with the new update. Um, it only crops just a little bit more off of there. So when you're taking it, say for example, if I take something in sixty by nine, I want to post to Instagram. Either I have to, either I used to have to put the huge bars the top or bottom or side each side basically or i would have to still crop off some of it even with the update crop off some of it to get it to it's a little bit less than four three it's it takes off a little bit of the ends but um and so i could take an image thinking this looks good it all fits in 16 by 9 and then have to choose which half of that basically hacking right. off uh 25 on each, either side to post as a one-to-one even if i take yeah. so to me this is i thought of this before the instagram up instagram update taking something in four three i usually still get most of what i want and if i have to hack it one-to-one to put it on instagram it doesn't look as bad i'm not and mm-hmm. i don't feel like i've lost as much it's more forgiving and even if you put the bars in there to give it the landscape landscape or portrait orientation, keeping the 4 by 3 uh, the bars aren't as intrusive. Um, mm-hmm. That's a really good point. So for sharing to those social networks, it is a lot better. That's a good point. Uh, but speaking of those things, if you're not sure on your Windows phone or Windows 10 mobile device how, how you're taking pictures by default, you can always open the camera application, go to settings, 
and this brings us to the tip of the episode, which is check to see what kind of photos and what kind of video you're taking. So, for example, if you have the Lumia 1020, you have a plethora of options. You have um, you, ha- you can actually take DNG or raw, raw format photos, which is super cool. And that's uh, they have options for 34. If you have a 16 by 9, you have 34 megapixel option. You have to use the 4 by 3 to get the full 41 megapixel option, I believe. Um, and then, but then make sure you're focusing on which ones you want because some people want like really high resolution photos. Some people aren't are just sharing them on social networks and don't need that. Uh, and then also check your videos too because right now the standard is pretty much. 720p or 1080p at 25 fps or 30 fps i like shooting in 30 fps and uh and the main topics we're going to discuss i would like to delve a little bit more into what i'd like to see in windows phone handsets because nokia's niche with their lumia devices was really great fantastic photos and great capture and i think that's still the perception with lumia so i think they need to bank on that and so Unless you'd like to talk more about this tip, Vernon, why don't we walk into what you want to see in a Windows mobile handset? Well, just to elaborate a little bit on the tip of the episode, uh, you should dig into your settings anyway. You should see Mm -hmm. what the defaults are. And sometimes, or often, there's an option to go back to default settings anyway. If you dig in and you're playing around with your camera settings, and all of a sudden, it just looks like junk, and you're like, man, which did I change? What was that? You can always go back and hit um, most apps. I should say almost all camera apps will have changed the default settings or usually, you know, the, the built-in, the camera, um, what do you call it, the camera app for the for the phone will have changed back to defaults if you need to. Same thing with a lot of other uh, settings. That's a good point. So if you're scared and you're like, what did I do? Look for that reset to default. So some of the things we're going to discuss, as mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about which what we want to see in a Windows mobile handset. We have heard the rumors, City Man, Talk Man, Surface Phone, all that kind of stuff. We we see rumors, and some of them are quite believable, um, and we are excited for some of those things. But instead of digging into those leaked or rumored specs, we're going to talk about what we really want for ourselves, which may not necessarily be <laughs> what uh, we're going to have for um, you know what might be out there. Uh, David, I just put your name in here first, but do you want to go first, or would you like me to? Yeah, I can go first. Okay. Yeah, so um, as a geek kind of person and a gadget freak dude, I have a bunch of things that I'd like to see. Like, obviously more the better. But at the same time, I realize that's not always realistic and also not always what the target demographic wants that Microsoft's trying to cater these phones to. So instead, I'm going to hit on some points that I really want to see in, the, in a Windows mobile handset that I think will speak for many others outside of the tech enthusiast circle and all that. Yeah, Vernon? And I'd like to make a point that we put very, very few specs in our list here. Um, and even if we do this almost just as a, as a benchmark because, well, when we get to the display versus the size of the device, we're assuming that a certain size display will produce a certain size device. But we'll get... Right. I think that's probably exa- almost one of the... What you're getting at with your first item here. Right. Um, so the first thing is... Um, I traveled, like I said before, in Victoria last week with my family. And we all use different Windows phone devices. Well, actually, my dad uses the same one as me. We both have 1520s. My brother uses a 635 right now. And my mom uses a 920. And... From the day one it released, she's been using it since then. Really reliable. But she says the one thing she doesn't like about it is it's really heavy. 
And um, for her, she would like to be able to sacrifice the wireless charging to have it be lighter. Now, that's not that doesn't speak for everyone, um, but certainly something to think about. So all things considered, and my, my 1520 for its weight is really, really light for its size. So I think a good weight was really important. It's something that can't really be overlooked in the new flagship. It's got to weigh a good amount. It's got to have a really good battery. This is almost the most important thing. Literally, the bottleneck in every single high-powered device, in my experience, is the battery. So I don't know if that means not having a 4K display and sticking with a 1080p display or what, whatever it is, but make sure the battery is really good. I'm talking... If you can get like the Microsoft Band or or like the Zune HD battery, like the life that those devices had on a smartphone, you would sell it. I mean that that, that would be huge if you can actually get a good battery. The next one is a good display size, and that's very very subjective. With the Cityman and Talkman that they're doing, I think they're they're striking a great um, balance of a slightly larger device, slightly smaller one. I think they're two really good sizes. Um, I think the Lumia Icon has to be my favorite size, though, so far for a screen. Uh, And then the next thing is high power for Continuum. So Continuum, I think, is going to be a killer, killer, killer feature. So whatever this next device is, this next Dream device, it has got to be rock solid with Continuum because people are going to be skeptical about a little phone being a computer. And that's, that's a lot of healthy skepticism. But... This thing needs to blow their expectations out of the water and be an amazing experience. And again, Studyman Talkman, pretty high spec devices. I think they will do Continuum really well. Um, but yeah, and then there's just two more things, um, and they really are kind of the same. the The front facing and uh, back facing, back facing, the front and back cameras need to be really, really good. And it doesn't mean a million megapixels necessarily, but keep those Carl Zeiss lenses in there. Make sure that they look really great at, during the night like they always have been. And then what I would like to see next is 1080p front and back facing cameras that are at 60 FPS. And in an update, we're seeing that on the software and you're getting up to really high frame rates. And those are rumors, which look really cool. So if that's true, awesome. But there, there are new standards out there on YouTube and other, other video sites that are supporting 60 frames per second. And I think if, if uh, Lumia could jump on that first, they could be king of... Um, cameras smartphones again in my opinion well i just talked a really long time about it and i want to hear what you think vernon did i okay you're breaking up there so i missed a little bit of that too oh my list is pretty similar um wireless what's that are you there david yeah okay all right we'll see if this works a little better my list is similar. I do want wireless charging. I think that that is almost um, just required, basically, in a modern, I'll just say flagship range smartphone. Also, I would like fast charging. Samsung, one thing I give them a lot of credit for is having the fast charging available. And uh, to have that capability, which is in most of the Qualcomm, um, the Snapdragon chips anyway, or at least the higher end ones, wireless charging and fast charging, fast charging just needs to be there. Not... Um, where you plug something, you know, slap a different case on the back and then it works. I want it to be built in. As far as the display, <clears throat> I guess they're kind of two different. I put one of my one of my items was a display that would not unnecessarily consume power. Basically, the display needs to be 
bad enough to if if this is truly the determining factor whether the 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 battery is going to last 16 hours or not and i should have put this in there too 16 hours basically is what i want to get out of a battery and that's not unheard of that's not unreasonable the 1520 i've had for two well basically two years now and i'm really very happy with the battery life that's awesome and it has a full 1080p display I did not know if I would get that battery life with a quad HD or full HD display. Um, and so I don't feel I need that display to be any better. The reason I didn't say just draw the line at 1080p is that if they can do it right, whatever right is, I think it makes sense for us to put out a higher dis higher resolution display just to appease those, those spec monkeys or whatever, the people that want those specs. Personally, I don't think I really need that anything more than 1080p display, but um, yeah, I, I just don't want the awesomeness of the display to destroy the battery life. Uh, quality cameras, we need to have quality cameras on there. I don't care as much about the front-facing camera, but I understand you know a little bit better would be great. Uh, many are going with a 5 megapixel. Um, now I doubt they're putting OIS in any of those, but Basically, in general, I want to have OIS on the rear-facing camera. That's almost a requirement. Uh, Pure view or whatever we're calling it now uh, from Nokia's technology, if they can make cameras just as good or a bit better than the 1520 and the, and the Icon or, or 930, um, that's adequate. But I would love to see something better. I don't even know what, and I don't necessarily need that, but it needs to be as good as the 1520. Hardware or shutter button? Yeah, hardware camera button. Um, I have to have it. I I used the uh, 640 XL for a while, and yeah, I could live without it. It is acceptable. I could do it, but I don't know what it is. Just something about I just use it all the time for opening it up. I really that's about the only thing I use the camera button for. But I think I I would really really miss that. And of course, being able to record in uh, 4K and like whatever is 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 good. And all these things, these are things that you can do with them and the the specs let's just call it the processors or whatever the processor that that stuff on the back end whether it's the ram or the processor itself um the graphics portion you know the of of the the brains of it that needs to be good enough for these things to work i don't care if it's a snap 600 or a snapdragon what is what eight 22 or like whatever they come up here with four gigs of ram they need to have the specs be good enough for the features to work and if that means that they're let lower spec i'm okay with that um i guess the last thing with the display is that right now with windows phone i guess that's the next let's see with the display i want it to be five i think five inch a five inch display makes for a handleable handleable a well, a phone that's going to fit in your hand rather well, uh, and still be a decent size. I think IPS is the direction to go with that. But then again, I don't really, really care. I just want something that that uh, glance is going to work on your glance screen. Also, the display needs to be high enough resolution for the larger, like on the fifteen twenty, David. When you check, when you access the task switcher, you have the double. You know, it goes into tiles instead of a single where you just pan back. Uh, do you know what I mean by that? Am I explaining that right? Is this on Windows 10 Mobile or on Windows Phone? On on 10, yeah, sorry. So oh, when you, when I, you I don't know. I, access I, I, the task switcher in Windows 10, 
mobile on the 1520 and uh, presumably on the 930 actually since it's a 1080p display the resolution is great enough that you have extra um <clears throat> uh you have four or six or whatever different pages you saying. can access right. all those right. instead of just panning back now to be fair the 930 is a 1080p display as well and i don't know if you can actually do that there so i would like to see high enough resolution that the better features like the five um uh what do you call it quick toggles quick actions on the top from notification center the high enough resolution that those are in there but i do understand that having i mean you may not want to squish that down into into a five inch display and so um maybe a 5.2 is past that threshold and that will include um better features like whatever i just want to get all the features that are display enabled or resonation uh, resolution dependent i would like to see all those in there and i suppose maybe yeah. uh, sorry maybe in other I words, would that sacri- happy medium yeah. between the two right like you want yeah. a high enough resolution for all the mm-hmm. capabilities but small enough so you're not sacrificing in like performance in other areas mm-hmm. yeah so we'll see like I, I try not to put numbers on there but i want these specific features to be able to work and the numbers should just follow with that Last thing that continues with that is the Continuum hardware capable. Obviously, this device needs to be able to run Continuum and needs to run it well enough to showcase it and wow some people. And of course, I need to want to be able to use it myself. So that means, obviously, um, you know, we've heard about the the USB Type C. That would be awesome, but not required. But it needs whatever we need for continuum needs to be on that phone and that goes back to the specs themselves they need to have enough ram and strong enough processor and whatever i don't care what those numbers are but i want the phone to be to have the right numbers specs to do this um properly if you guys right. have that's all i have for specific requirements i want in a new windows 10 mobile device so if you guys have the list you can write up the whole list and send it to us if you'd like and uh, depending on, uh, and we will see if we can fit it on the next show. But that's what, and who knows? Maybe next show we'll talk about these actual spec devices as we've been teasing for a while. Yes, sir. So sh- shall we talk about Skype? The Skype messaging apps. Yeah. Um, recently, the Skype messaging, the new Skype messaging app has been leaked, and it's now basically publicly available, or at least it's, um, yeah, it's available. And so you can put it on your Windows 10 mobile device if that's what you're running. And I tried to do that, and I was not able to do that. I'm using the the 830 for that, and I couldn't get it to install, showing an error. Uh, so David, but you have succeeded in that. What do you think of it? What do you know about it? Yeah, well, it's here. It's running right now on my Lumia 920, running Windows 10 Mobile, and it's really neat because the Skype messaging application looks just like the messaging application that's already there, but there's a little, there's like a built-in video button. Oops, that was my Windows 10 Mobile device going off. <laughs> anyway, um, and so yeah, it's a lot like the messaging app, but it has Skype built in. This is something that Windows Phone 7.5 users were thinking of ever since Facebook had integration in the messaging application. It's like, we, Skype is this wonderful messaging backend that's basically replaced Messenger as an MSN messenger. Why not integrate the two? And now we're finally seeing that 
And I think that's really exciting. The, the possibilities um, are endless with Skype integration, with messaging. And um, I haven't played around with the, like, the Skype video preview so much. I played around with it a little bit. But it has a really interesting design where the top part of the screen is a widescreen area for your face and just starts the video, whether or not you're on a call, and you have a list of your recent uh, conversations. And um, I talked to Windows Phone fans. Do you remember David from Nigeria? And mm-hmm. he called me on it, and it worked very well. And so it was really fun to test it out. And I was actually using Skype on Outlook.com and testing the video on that while he was testing the Skype video preview on his Windows 10 mobile device. I believe on his 1520 is what he was using. Hmm. And it worked really well. So, I mean, this early, it being beta on beta, you know, on preview software on a phone, and seeing it work this well is really encouraging and really exciting. So I'm very, very happy about it. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, I will use it when I can. One thing I want to say is that remember, well, I don't like really, don't really like Facebook, and I especially despise how Facebook Messenger makes you have the separate app, and I just don't like Facebook Messenger. But I really, really did love how Facebook Messenger was built into the chat with Windows. I think it was seven five or even eight. Yeah, it was seven five. Um, I thought that was tremendous. I thought it was awesome, and of course with Skype, and so I just was incredibly puzzled why that feature went away and i would love to see that come back we hear so many times uh, kevin our producer has said this a few times is that he uses facebook chat uh, messenger for quite a few things and it's true it is basically the universal language or whatever um i think i could easily get by without using text messaging and use facebook if i had to and certainly skype you could use WhatsApp. I mean, there's all kinds of messaging services out there where you really don't need text messaging anymore. And so having those yeah. plugins into Windows Phone, especially Skype and Facebook, would be, you know, it's almost requirement. I mean, I, I, I just, I, we need to see it happen. And so I like the direction they're going with at least Skype being part of messaging or maybe vice versa. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and, and what's funny is, if you recall, Facebook used to have Skype integration for the video portion of it, and as far as their chat goes, and then they quietly got rid of it um, around the same time. And if you think about how, the way Apple does, I like iMessage. I mean, Skype would be a great version of iMessage for Windows mobile devices. And what would be so cool is on what's frustrating about iMessage is it only works on Apple devices, and so people are annoyed when. They they get things like received or whatever, and they get the benefits of iMessage. And then when they when they message a Android device or a you know BlackBerry device, they don't see that. But Skype's a cross-platform, so imagine the possibilities of having Skype built into the messaging app on Windows 10 Mobile, because you can literally you can text any phone at that point, whether or not they have um, a SIM card at that point, mm-hmm. any phone that because it, Skype's probably on it. So that's that's huge, and iMessage is not on every device. Yeah. So that's the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, we can. Well, let's just jump ahead to Google's new logo, which is not Windows let's Phone related, it. but uh, I think it's interesting. It is related because it looks incredibly like Microsoft's logo, both the colors and the kind of the the font in a way, or let's just say the the overall theme or the look of it. But David, you're much better at design this kind of thing than I am. What is your take on this? Well, this is what's funny about Google's new logo. I think, so if you look at the, it's basically a logo type. 
and there's no icon or anything, except there is. So they have two new logos, basically. They have the logo type, which is on Google.com and has replaced the old logo. And then they have their icon, which is a multicolor G. And they went with the sans serif typeface the first time their logo has ever seen a sans serif typeface. And serif being, of course, the little tails on the uh, on some fonts and some typefaces. Microsoft uh, has a clean sans serif typeface, but the reason it looks so good is because it's thin and it's professional looking. The difference with Google's is it's a, kind of a thicker and with all the different colors, it looks really chi- like childish. And and you could critique them on that. However, that might be something that they want to convey with the new alphabet uh, reorganization of of Google. Is they might want to convey a more, not, I wouldn't say childlike, maybe more fun. Um, they want to portray themselves as a fun company um, or something like that. I, I don't know their brand guidelines and I don't know the rationale behind it, but that's just my guess. What do you think about it, Vernon? Well, I was trying to come up with good music or my personal picks here, but I I did catch part of that, David. <laughs> I I think it's just interesting. Someone put on Twitter the color differences, or I should say, similarities between Microsoft's logo and and Google's, and it's it just. I mean, it, Google hates Microsoft so badly anyway. And we we assume that we feel get that feeling. So it just makes you wonder, well, why would they even want to do anything similar to that? Or are they just saying, just kind of like Apple, hey, here's a good idea. Let's take it and actually make something of it. Um, as far as the fonts, I mean, I guess there's some things that are slightly more aesthetically pleasing to me than others. Um, but I'm not really a stickler for that. And even the colors themselves, I don't, I'm not a color Nazi. I just recognize when something might be the same. I really have uh, a pretty, I'll just say uh, an uneducated opinion on it. That's as far as it goes for me. Well, and that's what's so interesting. I actually showed, I was on vacation when they changed the logo. So I showed each of my family members said, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I got, it's funny because people are sort of, when you disrupt a familiar element, like the Google logo, people have sort of, you know, initial hostility towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but I got a few comments like it looks kind of childlike. That's consistently what I got about hmm. it. It looks it looks childish or it looks childlike. Fisher so. Fisher Price style. Exactly. Kind of like exactly. kind of like iOS before uh, iOS eight. Yeah. iOS seven. Yeah. Or yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go into our personal uh, picks if if we like to do. Do, do, yep. you, do you have a personal app pick, Vernon? Um, well, I a personal app pick for Windows Phone is one that has not been created yet, Blab, which should be available on Windows Phone and Windows anytime. Now, I'm saying that facetiously because I have no idea and I really don't know if they have any plans for that. But folks, check out Blab and then bug them, basically, <laughs> to build a Windows Universal app, which would be wonderful, of course, and of course to support... Uh, to, to support um, Blab on Edge and Internet Explorer. And we might even do, we'll probably bug them a bit more, and you can follow us on Twitter. We'll uh, check for some tweets that we send out. You can retweet them or whatever. Uh, but I yeah. am looking forward to when Windows 10, including Windows 10 Mobile, is a big enough player to where that is a requirement. It's like you have to go, even if it's not the go-to, the first place you build an app, it's one that you have to get done 
and um, I'm looking forward to seeing Blab on there someday. Fingers crossed. Yeah, in fact, in the show notes, you will find a link to a tweet that is calling out the team Blab and Sean, who's a really cool guy, uh, to get Blab on Microsoft Edge compatible. So if you see that link, go ahead and retweet it. Get the word out there. Let's show them we mean business. Um, And my personal app pick is Password Padlock. It's a great organizer of your passwords if you want to just jot them down and if you always forget them. You only have to remember one password to sign into the app and then you have all your passwords there. You can even export them into encrypted Excel documents, which is really cool, and save them in OneDrive um, so that your passwords are always safe and always in one place. And I, I use it off and on. Um, I actually recommend it to a few friends and that they swear by it. I have my own little strange system for keeping track of my passwords. But if you need an easy one and a free solution, Password Padlock is amazing. I know the developer. Uh, I've talked with him about a few things and, and asked for some features. So he's he's really cool, too. So Password Padlock for Windows Phone. Nice. What Do you have any music picks, Vernon? I do, kind of. Um, the other night, I spent... More time on Blab than I should have, I suppose. I do like Blab quite a bit. We're using it right now. It's um, is awesome in, in many ways. And I think the best, I would say the best time I had, the most fun I had on Blab was joining a Name That Tune Blab. And at first I just joined in, um, you know, in the chat room and I listened to someone playing a song and I tried to name that tune before other people could. You type it in the, in the, the comments, of course, or the chat room. And then... Even those people, the four that were participating, or the three others that were not the DJ in in the video, they also had to type it in. They couldn't just yell it out. That way it was fair. And um, if you do it right, you can just play your music right into your microphone, and you know it's it's reasonable. And there's there's varying levels of uh, music quality that way, audio quality. But I had a great time doing that. I thought it was a really really good use of Blab, and especially when I became the DJ, then I didn't have to think. I could just try to pick the next thing but i thought that was really really fun i thought it was incredible and so it was a great way to have a great time and of course um interact with other people it was a nice little trivia thing meet new people but also find new music and so go ahead try that even just create your own or join up with some people you know on blab and uh don't just come to us for new music picks i mean there's all types of people um, different places you're listening to music and Blab is one of them. So consider that. Uh, we just called it Name That Tune on Blab. And I'm sure it's going to be, I would imagine it's going to be a growing type of Blab out there. Music Discovery 2.0, hosted mm-hmm. on Blab.im. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out and see if there's any Name That Tune um, Blabs going on. Uh, my music pick is Xandria. That is the name of the band. They are symphonic metal. Big surprise. And the song that I'm picking from them is Euphoria, which is a really cool, really cool song by them. Xandria is spelled X-A-N-D-I-R. Wait, X-A-N-D-R-I-A. Um, so check them out if you want to hear something different. Uh, podcast pick, Vernon, what you got? I have all about Windows Phone. And I hate to do this, but I will interrupt what we're doing. I will tell someone in the chat. Well, David has joined us in the chat room amongst others. And... We are recording live. Uh, we are, we tr- we try not to focus too much on the chat room, so you're very welcome to interact and all that kind of. And we won't ever discourage you from doing that. But um, before and after each show is when we will have the uh, pre and post show interactions. So 
I'm basically doing what I was told myself I would not do is talk about the chat or anything live during the recording, but this is why we will not do this much more in the future. We'll try not to. And it's just um, something that I think a lot of podcasters will work through that as they start using Blab to record their shows. Um, but we do appreciate everyone that joins us live, but we have many, many more listeners to listen to the pre-recorded, or I should say the, the post-played-back version. Is that? I don't know if that's a thing. I call it post-production version. There we go, yeah. Because then we will have uh, less... Well, oh, my son is peeing off the balcony part, which um, maybe we'll throw that in the... Uh, well, it's here now. It is, yeah, it's here now. So I guess I'm ruining my whole, the whole point of, uh, yeah, app picks or podcast picks. I'm going to go with All About Windows Phone. Uh, it's a, it's, it's by, um, oh, no, 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 no. What is it? Steve, uh, wow. I'm drawing a blank on this. Not very good at this live stuff. Um, anyway, all about Windows Phone. Golly, how can I forget what this is? Um, but anyway, that's a good podcast about Windows Phone. They're based out of the UK. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, what I have is not a podcast pick, but it is a game pick. And I'm going to recommend the game Super Smash Brothers Melee. It was released in 2001. It's a very old game. Uh, but has a huge following. In fact, the world-breaking, world-record-breaking Super Smash Bros. tournament happened this year with the 2001 game. So there's a sequel to the sequel that's out. That did not break the record. This game did. That's how good it is. And in game years, it's ancient, but it's an amazing, uh, really deep, intricate fighting game that was intended to be a party game. But the competitive scene has has arisen uh, and it's it's amazing. It's so much fun. Super Smash Bros. Melee for the Nintendo GameCube. Nice. I why do I feel like you sh- you've been holding out on us, not telling you us this because you, every single like most moments in your life seem to revolve around Super Melee Smash something. <laughs> Super Smash Bros. It? Melee. It's a yeah. it's a, a very compelling game. Yeah. So I had to share it. It's really hard to explain because I, I mean I'm serious. The game is 60 frames per second. And there are inputs that you have, like, for example, if you hold a button down for two frames, a.k.a. one-thirtieth of a second, it acts differently than if you hold it down for a few more frames after that. So I'm talking insane inputs. I'm talking really fast gameplay, and uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. You'll, just look up videos on YouTube, and you'll be blown away. Nice. Cool. Well, we're just about done. We will, of course, have our Twitter tip, which I did not come up with this episode. David's got an awesome Twitter tip for us. Keep the Discover alive. Twitter may have removed the Discover tab. Doesn't mean it's still off limits. So use search. Use hashtag searching. And a lot of the elements of Discover can still be found, although not all of them. Uh, But that's a core of what Twitter is. So make sure that you are still searching content and still finding people that have shared interests because that is so key to making your Twitter experience better. And then also, direct messages have unlimited characters now. There's no more 140 character limit to direct messages, which is the reason they took out the Discover tab to place more emphasis on the direct messages. So try that out. They Twitter, I mean, they're serious. They updated all their apps, their Windows Phone app, their Android app, their iOS app. They updated the web. They want you to use direct messages like you would email. It's really interesting. So we'll see where they go from there. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that pretty much wraps it up. Um, Folks, if you're listening to the first time, we definitely appreciate it. If you are listening, if this is your 27th episode of ours that you've listened to, we appreciate it just as much. That's awesome. We do have some regulars in the chat, and that is awesome as well, guys. Thanks so much for for joining a week in and week out. We appreciate that. If you like the show and you want to listen again, best way to do best way to do that is to subscribe. Uh, use your favorite podcast app. Subscribe to the show. That way, we are back in your ear holes every time. It, um, you know, you have a, a new one. Every time we have a new one out there, it'll be in your feed. Uh, please take a moment. Follow us on Twitter. We are at MS Mobile Show. Speaking to that, we are on Blab at MS Mobile Show. And, of course, uh, Facebook, we're there, too, as well, uh, uh, MS Mobile Show. You can contact us. just as enthusiastic about being on Facebook, you can tell. Facebook! Yeah. Of course, you can reach us the old-fashioned way of email, contact at MS Mobile Show, and we actually do have a reasonable amount of feedback that way, so please do so. You can find me on Twitter at M... No, not at MS Mobile Show, at Vernon EL. I'm the same thing on Blab. David, have you been on Blab again lately or just – let's see. Did you use it for your other show? Um, I'm about to in a few hours. Um, But, yeah, I've been casually on Blab as I've been vacationing, and uh, it's it's fun to see all the random people on there. I'm on Blab at David V. Kimball or just blab.im slash David V. Kimball. Also on Twitter, of course, at David V. Kimball davidvkimble.com is my website and if you do listen to the show regularly and you're even a subscriber per se you might consider supporting our show and you can do that by going to msmobileshow.com slash advertise and look at all the different little ways that you can support our show and every little way you support us is actually massively great for us Uh, so if you feel compelled to and you find this content valuable it would go a long way for us absolutely whether you support the show or you just listen to it, either way, we appreciate every single one of you. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Stay mobile. <laughs>